This content is suitable for curious and objective listeners and viewers only. User discretion is advised. You know they say if you don't know where you come from, you don't know where you go. And welcome back to the Credential Show NFL Agent Study Session. (laughs) (laughs) And this is volume seven of the mini series NFL Agent Study Session. And today we have a special episode because it's time for the practice test. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so this week, shout out to Sports Management Worldwide. Shout out to agent, former agent, all that. Our teacher, Joel Corey, puts on an amazing course. Shout out to agent Tony Scott Jr. for recommending the course to me. And this week, like I said, we had a practice test, so... As always, this is a way for me to quote unquote teach uh, <laughs> and um, get some practice, some extra practice on making sure I understand the concepts behind the questions and a way for me to just share to those who may be thinking about being some type of agent in some field or maybe in sales and or maybe just a sports fan and was just curious about, hey, you know, what does it take to be an agent? You know, like, hmm, hmm. I was, I'm, I'm huh. curious. What does it take? So, you know, this is uh, my way of, like I said, practice, but also sharing for for the next person who has ambitions or dreams or randomly wakes up and says, hey, you know what? I want to be a sports agent, so where can I learn about it? So come to come come over here to Credential Row Records. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So here we go. Question number one. Philip Phillips signs a two year contract in twenty twenty with the maximum signing bonus forfeiture language permitted in the collective bargaining agreement. What is the forfeiture amount if Phillips reports after missing 16 days of training camp in 2021? A, forfeiture isn't permitted. B, 15% of Phillips signing bonus. C, 15% of the prorated signing bonus. D, 20% of the prorated signing bonus. E, 25% of the prorated signing bonus. So, in order to figure this one out, you would just have to go to Article 4, Section 9 of the CBA, which is Forfeiture of Salary. And on there, you'll see that it says, for training camp, the player may be required to forfeit up to 15% of his forfeitable salary salary allocations and up to an additional 1% of his forfeitable salary allocations for each additional preseason day missed after the sixth day, up to a maximum of 25% of his forfeitable salary allocations. So, in other words, when a player misses or reports late to training camp, the f- if he re- reports before the first six days, uh, I mean, after before the sixth day of absence, then there is no fine. After the sixth day of absence, then there's a fifteen percent of his signing bonus goes missing, and then an extra one percent for each additional day. So since he missed sixteen days, that means that's an extra ten percent, right? On top of the already 15%, and 10 plus 15 equals E, 25% of the prorated amount of signing bonus. Number two. Wide receiver Larry Coleman is suspended for the first six games of the 2021 regular season for violating the NFL's 
performance enhancing substances policy. Coleman resigns with the New York Giants on August 2nd. Which of the following statements is true? A. Coleman is prohibited from attending the Giants facility, engaging in team activities, and having contact with team personnel during his entire suspension. Uh, B. Coleman can observe practice and meet individually with the Giants head coach, offensive coordinator, and his position coach after the first four games of his suspension. C. Coleman can attend team meetings and practices after the first game of his suspension. D. Coleman can start going to Giants games and practice and pra- participate in practice during the second half his, of his suspension. And E. Coleman can meet individually with the Giants head coach, offensive coordinator, and his position coach and attend team meetings during the second half of his suspension. Oh, that was a lot to say. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So in order to figure this one out, you would have to look at the sheet of performance of performance enhancing substances. And on there, it says that when a player is suspended for or has a suspension related to performance enhancing substances and has to miss six games. So if you look at the performance enhancing substances policy sheet, it says permitted activities for suspended players. And it says for the first half of any suspended period, players suspended under this policy will be prohibited from attending the club facility, engaging in club activities, or having any contact with club personnel. And then it goes on to list permitted activities. So, with just that, you can know that the answer would be E, right? Coleman can meet individually with the Giants head coach, offensive coordinator's position coach, and attend team meetings during the second half of his suspension. Well, actually, and then it says on here, attend team meetings and meet individually with the head coach, coordinator, and position coach. Participate in individual workouts with the strength and conditioning coach. Take meals in cafeteria and use team facilities on an individual basis. Receive rehab with medical and athletic training staff. And then you can also meet with player engagement staff, mental health consultants, team chaplain, treating clinicians, and other professional resources. So at least when you're suspended, you know, for the second half, you have access to quite a lot of things besides the paycheck. <laughs> Number three. Jake Roberts has one credited season for pension purposes. The Dallas Cowboys put Roberts on injured reserve after he tears all of the ligaments in his right knee during a 2020 regular season game. Roberts fails his postseason physical. After the end of the 2020 season, Roberts chooses to get professional rehab for his knee at an out-of-state facility without Dallas's permission to do so. When Roberts reports to training camp, he is waived with a failed physical designation. Roberts is unable to play in 2021 because of his 2020 knee injury. Will Roberts qualify for the injury protection benefit? Yes, A, yes, because he is injured in practice, engaged in professional rehab, and was waived after failing the 2021 preseason physical. B, yes, because he had a career-ending injury. C, no, because he didn't engage in reasonable and customary rehabilitation treatment as required by the Cowboys. D, no, because he doesn't have enough credit seasons to qualify. E, none of the above. For this one, because it's so straight to the point, um, this is just kind of common sense. Uh, since he got rehab without Dallas's permission, that would kind of automatically set up a red flag as to delay. You just ruined the mission. <laughs> you blew up any chance you had for protection. It says here qualifications and literally number A it says the player must have been physically unable because of a severe football injury. 
in an NFL game or practice as certified by the club physician following a physical examination after last game, or the player must have gone undergone club-authorized surgery in the offseason following the season of injury. And it says, and it says that's the key word, it's not or, it's and B, the player must have undergone whatever reasonable and customary rehabilitation treatment the club required of him during the offseason following the season of injury. And the club does cover the costs. So in this situation, the answer is C. No, because he didn't engage in reasonable and customary rehabilitation treatment as required by the Cowboys. Number four, Vic Beasley signed a five-year, $62.5 million contract with the Los Angeles Chargers on March 19, 2021. The 2021 NFL regular season opener between the Cowboys and Tampa Bay Bucks is September 9th. What's the earliest the Chargers can renegotiate Lindsay's con? I mean Beasley's contract. A immediately. B on the date of the 2021 regular season opener. C after the Chargers' final game of the 2021 regular season. D after the 2021 season Super Bowl. E March 19th, 2022. Now the answer to this, I don't know necessarily where the article is. But in our class, we did get a sheet that talked about renegotiations and extensions. And on the sheet, it said that veterans, the first time they go to renegotiate their contract, they can do it immediately. Now, every time moving thereafter, you have to wait one year from the last time you executed a renegotiation. So, for instance, the second time he does it, the third time he does it, you, the fourth time he does it, there has to be a one, and it, a, at least at least a one year gap from the last time you executed a renegotiation. So, this one, the answer is a immediately number five. Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence was eligible for the twenty twenty one NFL draft. Signed a Standard representation agreement with a contract advisor on January 2nd, 2021. He sent an email to his agent firing him on April 5th, 2021. The NFL draft began on April 29th. What was the earliest date another contract advisor could have signed the SRA with Lawrence? A. April 1st. B. April 5th. C. April 10th. D, April 15th, E, April 30th. Now, the answer to this would be based on the agent rules, which is another document that the average person has access to, just like the CBA. It's a document everyone has access to. It's on the NFLPA website, actually. And if if you go on the agent regulations, there's a section of prohibited conduct. And it says on there, it's like number... Number 26, right? Prohibited conduct. Prohibited conduct, directly or indirectly soliciting a prospective rookie player for representation as a contract advisor. A rookie shall be defined as a person who has never signed an NFL player contract if that player has signed a standard representation agreement prior to a date, which is 30 days before the NFL draft, and if 30 days have not elapsed since the agreement was Signed and filed with the NFLPA. So in layman's terms, what that means is when a player from college signs with the NFL agent, he there's a 30-day mandatory have-to-stay-together period. Like the player can't fire him. And then after that 30-day period, 
then if the then if the the rookie the prospective rookie would want to be with wants to go with a different agent, he could fire him, and then there there's just a five day. He has to fire him in writing though, so e- email or a letter, and then there's a five day grace period, and then he can sign officially with another agent. Now, if he's a veteran, there's just a five-day grace period, and then he can sign with a different agent. There's always a five-day grace period. It's just that with rookies, I guess as a way to stop other agents from trying to take their client, they made the rule that as soon as an upcoming rookie signs a contract with an agent, there's a 30-day period they have to be together. And then from there, it goes back to regular five-day grace period, then move on. So, based on this, he fired him on April 5th. It's past the 30 days because he initially signed January 2nd. So, after five days after April 5th would be April 10th. So, the answer... That's all, folks. So the answer is C, April 10th. Number six. Which of the following interactive NFLPA reports should a contract advisor access to view detailed salary information for all the NFL player contracts Patrick Willis has signed during his career? A, contract history report. B, contract summary report. C, salary by position report. D, salary by team report. E, team salary report. Uh, The answer here, you can kind of just go, the the names or kind of just give it away. So, contract history report. Spell C, kind of self-explanatory there. So, the answer is A. Magic Wand. (laughs) That's the magic wand. I'm thinking about the transition. (laughs) But the answer is A, contract history report. Now you press the magic wand for question number seven. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers signed a four-year contract extension with the Green Bay Packers in August 2018 running through the 2023 season. He got a $55 million signing bonus in, in his extension. The 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023 base salaries in his deal are $1.1 $1. $1 $1 $1 $1 $1 $1 $1 $1 million, $1.1 $1 million, $1.1 $1 million, $1.1 million, $1.1 million, $1.1 million, $1.1 million, $1.1 $9 million third day of the league year roster bonus in 2021. Rodgers misses all 35 days of training camp in 2021 because, because he is unhappy with his contract. He returns to the Packers without any changes to his contract on September 27th, a day after the third regular season game. You definitely will be greeted by, right? If you miss three three regular season games in a holdout, somebody would be upset. What is the maximum amount of money Rogers' actions could cost him? A, seven million eight hundred and seventy-seven thousand seven hundred seventy-eight. B, nine million nine hundred and fifty thousand. C ten million three hundred twenty seven thousand seven hundred seventy eight D eleven million eighty three thousand three hundred thirty three dollars E eleven million seven hundred fifty thousand and that's the rest of it. that's all the answer choices. Uh let's see. <laughs> uh so in order to figure this one out. I actually got this one wrong. 
And what I what messed me up is so the question's asking what's the maximum amount of money Rogers' actions could cost him, not will, right? Because he's gonna get most of his penalties are forfeiture related, and forfeiture is an optional, basically an optional fine that the teams can either collect or not collect at their discretion. And most NFL contracts have them. It's a four-year contract extension, but it gets prorated over five years, the signing bonus. So the $55 million is prorated over five years, not four years, which is what I did. <laughs> yeah. When you prorate it over five years, you get eleven million, right? So forfeitures only affect signing bonus money. And going back to the other question, since he missed all thirty five days of training camp, that affects his signing bonus money, twenty five percent of it. Now it's not only just eleven million in signing bonus. He also has three million in roster bonus proration because that nine million dollar third day of the league year roster bonus in twenty twenty one, since it's money earned in that year, then it can be under the forfeiture. Now what happens is in that same forfeiture clause, it says that with roster roster and option bonuses it's prorated over the years remaining in that contract. So since it's 2021 and he has three years remaining on the deal, 21, 22, and 23, it gets prorated over three years. So it's $3 million in proration. So that's $3 million. So that's $14 million in in uh, bonus proration. Now, since he misses the first three games of the regular season, that same forfeiture clause says that on top of the 25%, you get another 25% of your of your forfeitable, forfeitable salary allocations taxed for missing the first, first game. And then any games missed after the fourth game, then you get a prorated deduction of your base salary. Right, so it gets costly. <laughs> so in this instance, the eleven million plus the three million equals fourteen million, and then that times point five, that's seven million. So that's already right there, seven million in prorations. I mean, in forfeitable salary allocations. Right now, since he missed all thirty-five days of training camp, the one thing that is mandatory is he does get. A $50,000 fine for all the days he misses of training camp. Now, that fine is mandatory. So, 50000 times 35 days, that's $1.75 million. Now, plus the $7 million, that's $8.75 million. Now, the last thing, since he missed three regular season games, that means he misses three game checks. Now he has a base salary of eighteen million, right? Eighteen million divided by eighteen, because there's eighteen weeks in the season, that gets you one million. Since he missed three games, that's one million per game. That's three million. You add that to the eight point seven five, you get the answer E eleven point seven five million, or eleven million seven hundred fifty thousand. Think about that. If he really, and he has a chance to do that in real life of potentially holding out, that holdout could potentially cost him $11.75 million. Number eight. Cornerback A.C. Walter signs with the New England Patriots as an undrafted free agent in 2018. He plays in all games during his NFL player contract. 
What is Jackson's status at the expiration of his NFL player contract? A, exclusive rights player. B, franchise player. C, restricted free agent. D, street free agent. E, unrestricted free agent. The answer to this one is uh, C, restricted free agent. So I'm get straight to the point because <laughs> it's pretty easy. Um, any player with three accrued seasons, and accrued seasons means you play at least six or you're on the roster for at least six games in some capacity, then you get one accrued season. Since he did that three times, he has three accrued seasons. Three accrued seasons means you're a restricted free agent. Anything under three means you're exclusive rights player. Anything more than three means you would be a free agent, unrestricted free agent. And restricted, unrestricted, obviously one has restrictions, one you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the answer is C. Number nine. Alright, Zach Wilson is taken second overall by the New York Jets in the 2021 NFL Draft. He participates in five weeks of preseason training camp, including three preseason games. How much compensation is Wilson entitled to receive? A. 5750 B. 6800 C. 8000 D. 10,200 E, 11,600. So in order to figure this one out, you'd have to go to the rookie, the rookie preseason training camp. Wait, hold on one second. I'm about to give you a fake name and I could just look it up. Look it up, look it up, look it up. Shout out to J. Cole. Look it up. Look it up. Can't take it when you eh. let's see here. So under mini camps, right? There's the rookie football development program. And what happens is preseason is not regular season, so Players actually don't get what they get in the regular season. They get in the preseason. They get per diems, which is weekly pay. So in the preseason training camp, first-year player per diem, you see that rookies in 2021 make 1700 a week. So you do 1700 times the number of... Weeks, and that is he participates. I might have said five weeks, but I meant to say six weeks. <laughs> and you do seventeen hundred times six weeks, and that's ten thousand two hundred. And the answer is D, ten thousand two hundred. <laughs> Number ten. The Miami Dolphins selected wide receiver Jaden Waddle with the sixth overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. He signs a rookie contract with a $16 million signing bonus. What is Waddle's 2022 salary? Now, in order to figure this one out, we had a rookie pool sheet, right? And um, the rookie pool sheet basically comes with a formula on how to figure out first-year salary... I mean, how to figure out the base salary and the total value of the contract. So in order to figure out the total value of the contract, you would do the the rookie pool number, which is the signing bonus plus the base salary of year one, which is for rookie contract normally always the minimum salary that rookies can earn. And that equals your your rookie pool number, and then you do that multiplied by 5.5. That equals the total value of a rookie contract. So, (laughs) 
with that being said, in order to figure this one out, you would do 16 million divided by four because rookie deals are four year deals. So divide that by four and you would get $4 million in signing bonus paration per season. Now you do that multiplied by the year one minimum salary for rookies, which is 660,000. Your year one rookie pool number is 4,660,000. Now, in order to figure out the base salary, you would do the rookie pool number or salary cap number subtracted by the signing bonus. In order to figure out the salary cap number, you have to multiply the year one rookie pool number times 25%, which is the maximum increase year over the year, and that equals 1165000 So we're asking for 2022 salary, which is year two salary, base salary. So now you do the 4660000 plus the 1165000 equals 5825000 That's the year two rookie pool number, or quote-unquote, but technically it's the salary cap number. Now you take that number minus the signing bonus proration, right, which is the $4 million, and then the answer would be A, $1,825,000. Number 11. David Richards is in the final year of his contract in 2021. His 2021 salary cap number consists of a $2 million base salary and a $3 million signing bonus probation. Richards signs a five-year contract with the Eagles on November 17, 2021. His paragraph 5 salary is increased, so he makes $12 million total in base salary during the 2021 season. What is Richard's 2021 salary cap number after he signs the extension? A, $4.6 million, B, $7 million, D, $10 million, C, $10 million, D, $13 million, E, none of the above. So in order to figure this one out, the salary cap number, you automatically know... Three million is included because that's the signing bonus paration, and two million is included because that's his base salary. Now, what happens is with that twelve million, right? That twelve million dollar increase, since it happens or after, I should say, week ten of the regular season, that salary increase is now subject to be prorated. Over the remaining years on the contract. So since he signed a five-year contract extension, the difference in salary is actually what gets prorated if it's since it's an increase. And the difference between twelve million and two million is ten million. That ten million divided by five equals two million. Right? So now, answer would be the two million from the difference in the fact that it's prorated, plus the two million dollar base salary, plus the three million dollar signing bonus proration, equals B seven million. Number twelve. Anthony Sherman has a credited season in each of the seven seasons he has played with the Kansas City Chiefs since entering the NFL in 2014. He resigns with the Chiefs in 2021 on a one-year deal as an unrestricted free agent. His compensation consists of a $2.325 million paragraph 5 base salary and a $137,500 signing bonus. Sherman Sherman's base salary is fully guaranteed. What is Sherman's salary cap number? A, 987500 B, 
one million two hundred and twelve thousand five hundred C two point three two five million D two million four hundred and sixty two thousand five hundred E none of the above. Now, in order to figure this one out, you'd have to know that basically he qualifies for a four year qualifying contract or a veteran salary benefit contract. And under that contract, you would know that since he's had four consecutive years of uninterrupted service, he qualifies for this contract. And basically, the benefit of this contract is that the team can fully guarantee the base salary as long as it's as long as it's the minimum for players with your number of credited seasons. So in his case it would be seven. And in addition to that, you get the added benefit of a hundred and thirty well, a max of a hundred and thirty seven thousand five hundred dollar signing bonus. And then up to two players can split an additional one point two one point two five million dollar increase to base salary that doesn't go in the cap. So if you realize he has seven accrued seasons, that is equivalent to one point oh seven five million. Which, if you added 1.25 million, that's how you get to 2.325 million. So it means he he qualifies. So his salary cap number would be his minimum base salary, 1.075 million, plus the 137,500 dollar max signing bonus allowed under this plan equals B 1,212,500. Number 13. An agent has 11 total clients. How much is the agent's annual fee payment to the NFLPA in 2021? A. Fees are at the discretion of the NFLPA Board of Player Representatives. B. 1200 C. 1500 D. 1700 E. 2000 So I'll just answer this one quickly. Uh, the way it works is for dues. It's on the agent regulations. document forgot forgot the word the proper word <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically what it says is if you have less than 10 clients on an active roster then then you have to pay 1500 in annual dues if you have more than 10 clients then you have to pay $2,000 in annual dues since he has 11 total clients, and it should have said on NFL rosters, completely missed that part. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it says here, since he has 11 total clients on NFL rosters, that means he has annual dues of E, 2000. Number 14. Braden Smith signed a four-year contract as a second-round pick of the Indianapolis Colts in 2018. He took 800 of Indianapolis's 1,136 offensive snaps in 2018. Smith was on the field for 1,075 of the Colts' 1,076 plays in 2019. For the 2020 season, it was 937 of 1,090 of the Colts' offensive plays. The original draft round restricted free agent tender in 2021 is $2.183 million. What is Smith's 2021 salary? A, equal to the negotiated contract amount. B, equal to the first round tender. C, equal to the second round restricted free agent tender. D, Equal to the original draft round restricted free agent tender plus two hundred fifty thousand. E equal to the original draft round restricted free agent tender. So, for this one, you would have to go to 
proven performance escalators for rookie contracts. And on that proven performance escalator, you would see that there's three tiers, right? You get level three if you made one or more Pro Bowls on the original ballot in your first three seasons. You get level two if you play a minimum of 55% of the club's offensive plays in the first three regular seasons. And you get level one if you play a minimum of 60% of the team's plays in two of the three years or have an average of that if you're a second-round pick. And then it goes down to 35% if you are a third through seventh-round pick. So based on Braden's situation, he played more than 55% in the first three seasons, but he did make a Pro Bowl. So, level two is, I can tell you what level two is. I'll tell you how you qualify for it, right? Let's see here. Level two. Level two is... The dollar amount of the restricted free agent qualifying offer for the right of first refusal in draft round selection at player's original draft round plus 250000 So, based on that, the answer is D. Right? Equal to the original draft round restricted free agent tender plus 250000 Oh, man. That was... I was... Reading and then thinking, you know, sometimes you have to read before you say. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number 15. The New Orleans Saints quarterback, Drew Brees, signed a two-year contract on March 17, 2020. Brees' 2020 compensation consisted of a $2 million base salary guarantee for skill, injury, and salary cap, and a $23 million fifth day of the league year roster bonus, guaranteed for skill, injury, and salary cap. His 2021 compensation is a $25 million base salary. On April 4th, 2021, the Saints and Breeze signed a new contract cutting his 2021 base salary to $10,425,000. Breeze announced his retirement on March 14, 2021, but the Saints kept him, keep him on the roster until June 2nd when he is placed on the reserve retired list. How much 2021 salary cap room do the Saints gain or lose after Breeze was placed on the reserve retired list? A. One million seventy-five thousand. B. Ten million four hundred twenty-five thousand. C. Eleven million one hundred fifty thousand. D. Thirteen million five hundred thousand. E. Twenty-five million. Now, in order to figure this one out, it's a key to read the question. I actually got this one wrong. <laughs> and the reason why I got it wrong is I wasn't looking at the question which asks how much 2021 salary cap room do the Saints gain or lose after Breeze was placed on the reserve retired list after right so what happens is once you're placed on the reserve retired list it's basically a June 2nd post designation cut which means instead of all of that signing bonus acceleration happening in the contract, it gets split over the course of two seasons. 
So whatever was in 2021 stays in 2021. The remaining years of the contract combine and hit the following year, which would be 2022 in this situation. But what happens on the post-June 2nd cut is that your base salary is removed from the salary cap at no charge to you, even though it is fully guaranteed. Which means when he cut his base salary to $10.425 million, that's the answer because that gets wiped away off the cap. So the answer is B, $10.425 million or $10,425,000. Yeah. Number 16. Eli Apple collected... in termination pay following the 2020 season. He was on injury reserve for the first three weeks of the 2020 season. Apple was active for two games in the next four weeks before the Carolina Panthers released him. He received a one-year deal with $1.2 million, which includes a $1 million base salary from the Cincinnati Bengals in 2021. If the Bengals release Apple at the beginning of the 10th week of the 2021 season, how much termination pay can he collect? A, zero. B, 111,000, $111,101, D, 500,000, E, $600,000. It says a player will not be entitled to termination pay more than once during his playing career in the NFL, except if that amount of termination pay to which such player becomes entitled and paid under this article is less than or equal to the equivalent of six weeks of the player's applicable paragraph five salary. Then such players should become eligible to collect termination pay a second time during his player career under either yeah no player may collect termination pay for more than one club for the same regular season so based on that article he collected 1 1,176,471 3 weeks plus 4 weeks equals 7 weeks which is why that's more than the applicable pay of someone with 6 Six weeks. So the answer would be A, zero. (laughs) (laughs) So explained it a little tough, but you get the memo, right? So injury reserves, you still get paid full salary because he doesn't have a split contract. And then just because he's inactive, like I said, he's down a split contract. So he still gets his full base pay. So that's seven weeks of full base pay. That's Higher than a rule for getting double dipping. So, A, zero. 17, number 17. Jawan James was scheduled to make a fully guaranteed $12 million in base salary this season. He ruptured his Achilles while working out on his own at a private gym on May 10th, 2021. The skill, injury, and salary cap guarantees in James' contract were void because his injury happened away from the Denver Broncos facility. The Broncos placed James on the reserve non-football injury illness list on May 7th. James is released by the Broncos on May 14th. James files a grievance against the Broncos. How much of James's 2021 salary relating to the grievance counts on Denver's 2021 salary cap? While there is a dispute, A0... B one million, C two point five million, D four point eight million, E ten million. In order to figure this one out, you go to salary cap computation, or or basically salary cap accounting rules, I should say, and that's Article thirteen. And then in this article. Under Section 5, Computation of Team Salary, you'll see here there's a section of grievances. It says here that when a player's salary grievance 
is filed against the club, 40% of the amount claimed will be counted in team salary until the grievance is resolved or until the end of the league year, whichever comes first. So you would just do 12 million times 40%. The answer is D, 4.8 million. Number 18. Homer Minchu is traded to the Philadelphia Eagles on July 27, 2021. Minchu is entitled to moving expenses if the following occurs. A. Isn't entitled to moving expenses. B. Takes up temporary residence in Philadelphia and consults with the appropriate Eagles official with a reasonable time after the move and uses the least expensive moving company. C. Takes up temporary residence in Philly and he or his agent consult with the appropriate Eagles officials prior to move and allow Eagles to designate the moving company. D. Takes up permanent residence in Philadelphia and consults with the appropriate Eagles officials within a reasonable time after the move and uses the least expense expensive moving company. E. Takes up permanent residence in Philadelphia and he or his agent consult with the appropriate Eagle Eagles official prior to the move and allows the Eagles to designate the moving company. Go to the article on moving expenses and it says here qualification A. Any veteran player who's traded, claimed, assigned takes a permanent residence in the city of club city of the club to which he is traded or assigned by which he is claimed or which we or which relocates to a different home city or so that's the qualify they take a permanent residence and then it says b moving expenses it says the player must a consult with the appropriate club official in advance consideration in advance concerning the move and then b allow the club to designate the moving company that will accomplish the move So the answer to this one would be E, right? Take up permanent residence in Philadelphia. And he or his agent consult with the appropriate Eagles officials prior to the move and allows the Eagles to designate the moving company. Number 19. Lance Stevens began the 2021 regular season with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was inactive for the week one but played in the next four games before getting released. Stevens spent the other 14 weeks of the regular season starting with the Los Angeles Rams. The Chiefs were AFC West champions and won the Super Bowl. The Rams won the NFC West, made the playoffs as a wild card team, and lost to Tampa Bay Bucks in the divisional round. Stevens played in a loss. How much pay did Stevens earn? So if you go to article... That concerns postseason pay. You'll see here it go down to 2021, and you'll see that. So you got to see first assess his situation. He's a division winner. We made it to the second round, the divisional round of the playoffs, right? So automatically there, since he's a division winner, he gets forty two thousand five hundred, and then. Since he made it to division round, he gets another 42500 because that's the required pay amounts because in the postseason, players don't get their normal pay, their regular season pay. Now they get playoff pay. So in this case, it'd be 42500 and division around is 42500 And that's what the postseason pay stops for the Rams because he's on the Rams. Now the Chiefs, on the other hand, he qualifies for postseason play because in Section 4, Article D, right? It says a player who at the time of the game in question is not on the active list or inactive list of a club participating in the game, but who was on the club's active list or inactive list for at least three 
and not more than seven games will receive one half the amount uh, designated in Section 2 for such game, provided he is not under contract to another club in the same conference at the time of the game in question. So, since he's in the NFC and the Chiefs in the AFC, that means he qualifies for half of what they get. So, in the conference round, the Chiefs made 65, so he gets 32.5. The Super Bowl, the Chiefs got 150, so that means he gets 75. So 42,500 plus 42,500 plus 32,500 plus 75,000 equals D, 192,500. Number 20. Ron Thomas signed a standard representation agreement for 2%. Thomas's agent negotiates an NFL player contract on his behalf for the 2021 season with a $5 million salary while he is an unrestricted free agent. Thomas refuses to sign the deal. He terminates the SRA. Thomas doesn't hire another Nate, doesn't hire another agent. He negotiates an NFL player contract for himself containing a $7 million salary in 2021. What fee, if any, is Thomas's former agent entitled to? From Thomas relating to the 2021 season. A. 1% of 6 million. B. 2% of 5 million. C. 2% of 7 million. D. Fee equal to the reasonable value of services performed in the attempt negotiation of Thomas's contract. E. No fee since the contract he negotiated was never accepted and signed by Thomas. I actually got this one wrong too. Uh, yeah. Got this one wrong. And um I thought it was E, no fee, right? Because he the player never accepted, but when I looked or when yeah, when I we looked on the um NFL agent rules, you know what? I can't even find it, but I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you that the answer is D. A fee equal to the reasonable value of services performed in the attempted negotiation of Thomas's contract. And basically, it says, basically the way the rule works is as, as long as an agent is able to get you an offer in writing, right, from another team, then he gets paid. Now, if... It was a situation where the player actually signed it, and then he fires him. Then the agent still gets paid as long as the player makes that salary. Now, if the player also fires him and then renegotiates for a different contract and a higher salary, then the agent still gets paid on all the money he negotiated for your contract, and then the new agent gets commissioned on all the new money brought in. So if his salary went from $5 million and the agent got them to $8 million, then the new agent would get commissioned on the $3 million, the difference between the 8 and the 5 And that fee equal to reasonable value of services is up into interpretation because as an agent, you get commission. You don't get base salary. Only way you get a base salary as an agent is if you sign with a huge agency and they get you, they give you a commission, I mean, a base salary and probably some commission percentage. But they also get a very decent sized chunk of the commission of the contract because they're giving you a base salary, not the player. The company gives you a base salary. And there you have it, folks. Practice tests. NFL. NFL agent study session. Practice tests over. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like I said, I hope you uh, have been informed or got a different perspective on things to think about as, in, as what agents think about and have to be concerned about and uh hope 
if you are someone that is like myself and um, wanted to know more about the industry and didn't have a way to learn about the industry, hope this provided you a little glimpse into what to expect, what not to expect, and now you can better plan how to how to do this thing the right way. And um, until next time, you know, I'd just like to say thank you for tuning in to The Credential Show, where we provide thought-provoking content in the form of inspiration and information. I'm your host, Charles. God bless. Don't stress. Eat meat less. Eat your veggies. And God bless. Goodbye. Generational Sports Partnerships and Productions appreciates you viewing and or listening to this original content series. Let this empower you towards positive action. Now let's be great.